Blog Talk Radio. Hour. Here we are, 914-338-0164 is the number to reach us, and I am posting our show. Hopefully, some of you will give us a call today. Um, also, we'd love it if you join us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our blog talk radio profile, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic. And I am trying to post as we speak, so um, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> Go ahead, Neil, while I'm concentrating on typing into my phone here. It won't allow me to do this on the, um, to share the, to share, for some reason I can't switch between accounts on my laptop, so I have to do it on my phone. So we have, well, here we are in the midst of February, and uh, boy, there's just the months go by so fast at this point. But we're at. Well into 2023. Well, yeah, second month, but it is going fast. And February is a short month, so it's like that time that we have. And for those of you who live in the states that do daylight savings, there's a couple of states, Hawaii and Arizona, that don't participate in, I'm not sure. Canada does daylight savings, too. So we switch. I can't believe it. It's so short now. Daylight savings used to be six months. And then standard time was six months. It was October and April that we'd switch. And then it got changed in 2007, I believe, without any input from the general public, which was unfortunate. So it makes time go by, time go by even faster because you only have those short four months of, of standard time and then you're back to long days. I mean, the days are the same length, obviously, but the feeling of a lighter evening makes the day feel much longer, to me, personally. You know, I was reading a kind of a distressing article in the paper today about the uh, kind of low octopus form in Hawaii. What they do is they capture these young octopus from the oceans and put them in these farms, petting farms. Petting farms? Yeah, like a petting farm, but people can put they put them in tanks and people could touch them. And, um, and it's just terrible. The, the, uh, it's being shut down. They, they, they defend it by saying, well, it's a research faculty, uh, faculty or facility. Uh, and, uh, but not really. I mean, the, the po- octopuses are very intelligent, sensitive, curious, they're playful, and 
to be captured from the ocean and put in these little tanks so, you know, people can come by and look at them and pat them and and the, and the water is very shallow, is absolutely inhumane. So if any of you are interested in helping these octopus, um, I'm not sure they, you, you can contact, I guess you can contact the uh, Humane Society, would be one way to do it. Um, but uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a terrible, octopus have a certain energy field, like all animals. Well, they're very intelligent. They're intelligent, but they also have, you know, to, to when when a a creature is def, is confined for for a lengthy period of time, their whole energy psychic fields are destroyed. They no longer operate as they would in the wild. So what they do is their their system shut down, and they either adapt to their environment because animals are pretty adaptable, or they die, or they become neurotic. Uh, it, and so it's kind of the same thing with human beings. We are born with a certain amount of psychic energy. And if we don't use those faculties, they will break down. They will no longer be in operation. So you work purely on a rather physical stage doesn't mean you don't have logic or intelligence or reasoning it just means that your psychic energies are shut down if you don't use them they get shut down so every chakra has its own energy field from one to seven and then we have an electromagnetic field around us and an astral field around us that cooperates with those chakra systems but if you don't use them if you don't exercise them well, they really become dysfunctional. Now, you can survive without them. You can have a good life without them. But if for those callers who are interested in psychic energy, it's good to keep the chakra systems moving and flowing and doing certain uh, psychic exercises. Psychic exercises would include visualization, um, trying to trying to determine um, what might happen during the day, trying to visualize the future. Uh, you can do exercises by uh, having the interest in something, you know, the old thing where you put the ball under the cup and you scramble it around. You pick up which cup has the ball in it, you know, if you have a teammate. Um, there's certain kinds of things you can do. Also, what helps is breathing, meditation, uh, and sometimes there is a certain energy field with hands over the chakra, where the little chakra in the hand can meet with the chakra system in the body, and you wave it around and keep it operating that way. So there's all kinds of things that we can do. Well, these um, are all fine suggestions, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, we're talking about how things shut down in this article. Uh, sort of, I mean, it was hor- horrible to read. But, it, again, it, it, there's cruelty in the animal for a human 
pleasure. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, not all. I mean, there are other species that, once they're of course taken out of the wild, and they're kept captive, and then sometimes they are released to like a wildlife sanctuary, for example, they're never going to be able to function like they did in the wild because their instincts, the way that they would have functioned had they been allowed to live normally, their instincts are gone totally to for survival and things like that. They don't know how to defend themselves against prey. They're not, um, you know, they don't know how to get their own food. So they would starve probably or, or be killed. So it's, it is very sad. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's also sad. I can imagine I mean, these are very intelligent creatures and there are no federal or state protections for octopuses. They, they are, when they're captured, they lead this horribly dreary and oppressing existence in tanks where their lives are just ruined. So I think, you know, there's a, uh, there's an animal rights initiative bill going on. Um, and you might want to Google that and find out if there's any way you can help these animals uh, so that they don't end up in, in these farms or these little zoos and uh, or, or don't live beyond a year or two because their, their shock systems are just, they're just going to shock. And yet when you look at an octopus and there's been, um, there was a great documentary done on, on an octopus. I think it was nominated, it won the Academy Award. They're very, very, uh, they're not only intelligent, but they interact with human beings on a level that's extraordinary. Yeah, there's a bond that they form. So uh, we've got to really think hard about that, about, you know, when we hear about these things and help, trying to help our fellow creatures on the planet. But again, to me, um, you know, the question can be asked, do animals have a chakra system? I believe they do. I think the chakra system is more connected. It, the chakra system is somewhat connected to the soul because it holds karma. But there's a general... Well, it, but the human being, you mean, the soul of the human being, yeah, the, the, chakras, the, human being. the chakras, chakras of an animal aren't connected to a soul because animals aren't no, clearly spirit. When we once transcend they, to the spirit, there is... The, spirit. the chakra system take on a different definition. There, it's an entire energy field. They aren't separated in segments like in a human body so you have seven you you kind of have the mothership you have a, a general energy of cosmic energy and that's what's more connected to the universe now that's where the animals come in because animals don't have souls they don't have karma they don't have souls they're just they're animals and they have spirits so the spirit of an animal is much different than uh than the soul level that is intermediate between the body and the spirit. But in those categories of energy, uh, we have to assume that in the content of a chakra system, a chakra system within the body can become inoperable. It, it no longer functions. It's just sort of dead. So you're just kind of running on physical energy. Like I said, a lot of people can get by with that. That's fine. But if you're talking about 
how a chakra system can enhance our energy. Um, there are people who exercise their shock. They don't really exercise their chakra systems, but they're so in tune with certain chakras that the chakra itself becomes elevated, like gifted athletes or talented people. They can't help it by concentrating on a certain focus of the mind in a certain area of the body. It can awaken a chakra system. However, you can be mobile, immobile, and have an active chakra system. Like paralyzed, for example? Yeah. So you can, you can, you don't really need, you don't really need to uh, be active. But you do need to be active in the sense that you are focusing on the chakra system itself. But when when it comes to people, and their psychic ability, everyone is going to come in with a certain level that they will be able to reach psychically. So it's variable per individual how psychic someone will be able to become. And everyone has psychic abilities, but there are ceilings on that psychic ability depending on what their path is. I mean, path is a bad word, but what they have to do in this lifetime to get rid of karma, to to be transcendent, and then thereby move to another lifetime and complete other things or transcend the planet completely. Well, true, but you can develop a chakra system from the ground up, even if you're not endowed with a highly developed chakra system. Uh, it can be developed, so people can actually train themselves to develop their chakra systems. I mean, we all have one. So it may take more effort as opposed to be just being gifted and endowed with a high chakra energy. Uh, you can develop it. And there's various methods, but each chakra has to be developed in a different way. They don't all just, it's just not one pill takes care of everything. Uh, each individual chakra system has its own personality, if you will. Uh, the third chakra is not going to be the same as the sixth chakra. Now, they're all in the family of chakra, but they each have – we don't really talk about the personality of the chakra because they're not really people and they don't really have – they don't really put on a performance of sorts. They function. But they do have a certain personality in terms of their functional qualities. Um, to, if you're going to feed, if you're going to feed into the personality of a sixth chakra, then the energy will be as to what that chakra does. There are people who work in the sixth chakra. They they um, they they uh, they work with the police department and they find criminals. Others are very good at contacting people from the other side. Others may have multiple gifts, but the the personality of a chakra system is also contingent on the gifts of what the person has to express. There are psychics who are able to find things and tell you where they are. There are psychics who are able to talk to you about your future. See, each each of those elements produces a certain, if you will, personality of the chakra system. Just as we have certain, we have personality of, 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 the, of the fish chakra, whatever it may be. Um, uh, 
I'm sure Ron Jeremy's personnel uh, Ron, chakra system is a chakra system. Why are you mentioning well, I'm trying to think of how it <laughs> one of your hey, one of your favorite actors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, he was in the news recently. Why? He's been in trouble, trouble right? right? Now he's claiming to have uh, mental, he, you know, some kind of mental problems. Well, or, yeah, whatever. And, uh, but, Again, you know, the, the attitude of a uh, chakra system having a personality is something to consider. And you can develop an energy of the chakra system. I mean, it's not like you can say, well, I, I think I want to be a doctor, so I'm going to start studying to be a doctor, and I'm going to get my degree and my, my medical degree. Well, it's not a little bit different to say, well, I think I'm going to be a, a psychic, and I want to... Um, I want to do readings on people. So now what do you do? How, as opposed to, I think I want to be a, a, a psychic and I want to help the police department locate criminals. Now, what is the difference of that? And how do you focus on that energy? Well, sir, first of all, there's forms of research you can do. Reading about the topic. Um, like, for instance, if you're going to be a psychic that helps hunt people down, and I've done this with the police department a couple of times. It's good to, to kind of make yourself aware, first of all, of how killers operate. So that's not cheating. It's just having an awareness. Because when you have this awareness that certain killers hide bodies in the fields or they strangle people in their bedroom, whatever it may be, the, the, the talent of the, of the reader is that they will be able to go to any given location and feel a vibration there. So they're not just confined. Well, I work with each police department, but only for bodies that are found in fields. Yeah. Well, that's not true. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty limited. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be able to understand the energy field of your environment. Just like you have to understand the energy field of your breath. You have to So you have to have some background, if you will, if you're going to develop your chakra system. You know, if, you, if you're going to just do cold readings on people, read about people's lives. See what occurred to them at certain years of their lives. Start to practice and do some research. And it's not cheating because when you actually do your reading, it will be cold. It will be they won't be based on research. Well, you're not re talking about researching that person specifically. You're talking yeah. about researching people in general and then getting an idea for how certain right. events in, in one's life unfolds depending on certain factors that we're dealing with in readings, like numbers, birth dates. I mean, if that's your, you know, some people use astrology, whatever it is that their tool is. But Sure. I, I mean, you, you know, are there those rare individuals that never studied, never picked up a book, never did any research, and they're just psychic? Sure. I mean, it comes, psychic energy comes first from being born with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. That, I mean, that's my point. It's going to be developed at the way, the level in, you know, you're some people are born with it, and it's very active at a young age. Some people are born with it, and it's not active until a later age because it's not, it, you know, that isn't, there, there may be events that 
psychic or intuitive in the but it wasn't meant to be awakened until they connected to another individual. So, I mean, and those people can be intensely, intensely psychic, and they may have been intensely psychic all throughout their youth. So that's that's one example. But others, it's gonna, there is going to be a limitation. But then you talk about there are a lot of famous psychics. There are a lot of famous psychics that, seem very limited in their capacity to be psychic. Maybe they get names, which is really impressive for some reason to people. But that is just, I think the way you put it was the key that opens the door. Getting a name can be very impressive, but it's how you analyze why that name came in and what kind of communication you have with that person. If like if the name is from um, of a person that's on the other side, what information can you glean from that soul that you're connecting with? And why, why is that soul coming in to connect with the individual you're doing the reading for? I mean, it's, it's, it's complicated. And then you have people that are very famous. You know, I was thinking about this actually in regard to the Super Bowl, which um, the halftime and the uh, uh, national anthem, who hated it, national anthem, but the, the, Halftime performance was done by Rihanna, who I was listening to YouTube clips, and she's she's talented, but really she's a create she's been created by the um, by the music industry, and I mean there are so many other singers that are as talented as she is as a singer, not really developed as a singer, but has you know kind of a unique timbre, but not. But here she is doing the halftime performance in the Super Bowl and is a multi-million dollar record-selling star. So, you know, why does an individual like that get to the height of, it's the same thing as a psychic. You know, a psychic gets famous and like Sylvia Brown, she was wrong a lot. And I mean, she told people, you know, quit looking for your child, child's dead. And she was wrong. The child's children were alive. So she made some pretty serious errors as a psychic, and you have to be very responsible when you're giving readings. Well, you, you know, I, the, the psychic energy, as you're talking about this, psychic energy has two, I mean, it relies on all the, on all the chakra systems, but very rarely has anyone ever heard of a psychic that doesn't talk. <laughs> so, so that sixth chakra has to be in close union with chakra. And then we talk about a gut feeling, like an intensity of feeling. So that's the third chakra. The energy of a of a of a um, psychic is that they have to know from the base camp of the sixth chakra which chakra that they have to go to. Now basically it's always going to be the chakra number five because they communicate but let's say they're trying to find a um sex offender somebody who kills rapes and kills they've got to go into the energy of their own second chakra and absorb as much energy of sexuality as they can because they have to feel the way this shock this individual may be feeling right but you just don't see it 
you have to kind of feel it. Right, but it's tricky because you have to separate your own energy and that chakra from the energy of the individual that you're trying to exactly. read. That's why uh, 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 among many professions, psychics don't really belong to themselves. They belong to their public at large. They, they, they have to be able to absorb energy that has nothing at all to do with them. And it will happen. I mean, strange things will come up. I know for you and also for myself, you know, a, a song will come into my head and then someone will mention it later in the afternoon or someone's name will come into my head and they'll call. Or certain phrases come up and then they're repeated. Certain words come up later well, in the day. I mean, it's... it's, it's, it's you know, you start it falls to, under the category of psychic... The definition of psychic is interconnectedness. We are interconnected with our environment. And psychics are highly elevated on terms, in, terms of an in terms of an interconnectedness. And that is how exactly how they are able to give accurate readings because they can feel someone else's life as though it were their own. And yet it isn't their own. But they can go into all elements of other other persons and feel the energy and then even glimpse past, present, future through the lens of that person. And the, the other thing that has to be done, we're going to take the call in just a sec, is not only, not only do you have to separate the energy of your own chakra system from the chakra system of this person, I mean, you're trying to find a sex offender, then you're dealing with the person that's trying to find the sex offender, perhaps the police department, and then you have to make sure that your energy is protected. Example, you know, doing readings for someone who's sick. If you're not, if you're not protected chakra-wise, you're going to pick up that energy because you're vulnerable because you're reading that person's energy. But let's yeah. bring on the caller. Hi, Jennifer. Hey, hi. I, hi, how are you? Hi, good, fine. How are you? Four, good. Three, I, I have felt like recently, like uh, that there's things that I have to do for work, and I feel like the people who are on the receiving end of bad news end up doing some sort of curse on me. So I, I feel like I have to like just protect myself and just, but I, I'm well protected. I'm not worried about it, but you kind of don't think about those things necessarily when you go about your day to day business. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can generally put a protective energy field shield around you and keep it and, and sort of just tap into it every once in a while. You don't have to do it every minute. But most of us are protected by our own. We, we have a built-in protection of energy field around us. It's just our natural. The skin protects our body. We have an energy field that protects us. When you're made vulnerable to the extent that you read other people, you're kind of opening up that astral field to allow energy to come in. Now, with that, it's having like an open door policy. You can get robbed, so to speak, psychically. You can be mm. violated. All kinds of things can mm -hmm. happen when you have that open door. But how do, you, how do you be a psychic without having that? Well, you could say, well, I'm only going to be a psychic 8 to 10. From 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock, and then my doors are closed. 
See, but most psychics don't, most psychics don't or can't operate on that restrictive level. You know, a psychic will say, well, gee, I, I got a reading today at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, I'll prepare for a couple minutes before and then I'm free for the day. Well, how, how are you free for the day? You have to consciously close that door, just like saying, I have to consciously lock my front door. So you've got to know how to work, operate the open and closed door policy of being a psychic. If you keep it open, you have to be alert in the back of your mind for anything that comes in that doesn't feel right. And then everything else is okay, like having the windows open in your house. You're okay, unless you smell gas. You know, then you're not okay. So the, the way to operate your chakra system and your energy field is to simply be aware of it and control it according to your comfort level or what your desire is. But if you're worried about people putting curses on you, if your chakra systems are open and now you're worried about being vulnerable, you already have a built-in protection uh, for that. There's, it's already built in. Someone would have to be very powerful. That's why I was going to ask. So you're talking about people in your workplace putting curses on you? Um, I, well, not coworkers, but now that – because I did have a question. Um, the people that, you know, I – clients, basically. Um, uh, I had a complaint about me today, and um, – it complaint like where? I said I'm, something. From Go a coworker, ahead. complained about me. So the manager had to talk to me today, and I, I explained the situation. And basically, he's from a different um, culture, and one which women aren't thought of in high regard. Um, and there has been a lot of disrespect over the years toward not just me as a woman, but other women as well. And the comment that I'd made to him was about a certain person not being his assistant. But it was made in a, because he was trying to throw that woman under the bus. And I'm like, no, that's, that person's not your assistant. Like, you need to be doing these things yourself. And so, question, was, quick it, question. question. You're, you're work, do you work remotely? Yes. So this was all like, what via email or instant messenger did you yeah I mean, instant messages yeah yeah okay go ahead yeah so the situation was like you know and the person's not known for their community like being a good communicator to begin with but when someone tries to throw someone under the bus they tend to advocate for them because you know just i'm all about personal responsibility if you do something or you don't do something you know admit it and let's fix it right um so he went and complained to a male about the way I'd spoken to him, well, in parentheses, because it was all by tax, and um, said it made his blood boil. He had to call in sick. You know, it made his blood pressure go up. And I'm like, wow, like that's quite a not a normal reaction. So I'm wondering, like, energetically, am I the asshole? <laughs> Is it a sexist cultural thing? Well, I mean, if you're defending somebody, I, you know, it's hard. Like the the context of the defense of this person, we I, we don't know what happens with that um, between that person that you complained about and that 
person he was trying to treat as his assistant. Can you tell us a little bit more? Oh, they're, you know, they were at the same level, and basically he was supposed to send something to, like he said, where are you? Why aren't you, like, on this call? I said, well, I didn't know I, you know, I was on this call because no one had sent me an invite, um, an appointment. He said, well, she was supposed to do all that. And I'm like, well, no, she's not your assistant. You were supposed to do all of this, and you didn't. But, you know, moving forward, like, you just send it to me. I'll get on it right away. Like, I'll get on the call. But I couldn't get on the call without the link that he was supposed to send to me. And he was supposed to send it. It was his responsibility to send it. It was his. Right. Yeah. And he was trying to pass it off onto her. Right, to to make it look like she was at fault. And I'm like, well, she's not your assistant. So, and then I guess I, you know, upset him so much by saying that, that, you know, he didn't take my offer of just, you know, making it right. You know, let's, okay, you know, someone screwed up. Let's, you know, let's, at the end of this, there's a client at the end of this. Let's, you know, work together as a team and, you know, fix it. You know, it wasn't the time to lay blame. It was the time to, you know, just send it to me. Like, that's what I said. Just send it to me. I said had to say it twice, and then he never did because apparently I had upset him so much that he couldn't deal with it. And, and, and I'm not talking about a 20-year-old something. I'm talking about someone who's, you know, been employed for 20-plus years. So, the, and your supervisor complained, I mean, or talked to you about it, and did he say it was inappropriate the way you communicated with him? or? No. No, he he has to check a box, right? Right. Say, I had this conversation. So I said, well, you know, he's going to regret, you know, opening up this kettle. Because I never complain to a supervisor about anything unless it involves a client or a coworker. You know, my personal feelings, I'm pretty resilient. You can do what you want to me. But, you know, if you're affecting a coworker or a client, then that's when I'm going to complain about something. Um, and if someone says something to me that I don't like, I tell that person, you know, I, why are you talking to me like that? You know, what do you mean by that? You know, do you mean it this way or whatever? So to me, that's how adults, you know, should communicate, right? So, but I'm wondering, is it cultural and a cultural sexist thing? Or am I out of line by saying something like that? Which I, to me is pretty... Pain. No, I don't think you're out of line. Personally, Neil might have a different opinion. Uh, you know, we can ask him what he thinks. I don't think so. I don't think it's out of line. I think you should defend people if they're being treated poorly by other employees. And he was responsible for doing the work. And you had every right to express yourself in the manner that you did. And I think there is something sexist going on. Anyone with an M name in this mix of people, M, I'm getting an M. No. Um, no. No M. No. Okay. Go, Neil, and I'll figure well, out know, where this I, M is coming from. I, we can't. It, it's maybe hard a to four, subtract uh, cultural uh, energy from a way a person brought up. We are a product of our culture, and we interact with our culture. Of course, a lot of people are adverse to their culture, and they rebel against it, or they just don't feel it fit in. So there's always that premise, too. He's a male, and he's got an ego, and the ego may be part of his own personal agenda, aside from culture. So he may have that going on, and you might have hit a chord that, who knows, maybe he was having an argument with his wife that day, 
So there's always that possibility that there are external factors that compel somebody to be a little bit inconsiderate and and uh, insensitive and not listening. There might be some added animosity that is in the history of the, of your relationship with this person. There might be something going on or something he's heard or something like that. But if you're asking the blunt question, were you in the wrong? No, you, you weren't in the wrong. I mean, you would have been in the wrong if you if had you offended him, or um, if he had said if he had put you in your place and said, well. That's, you know, I'm the boss and that's the way it is. You go, well, okay, at least I tried. Uh, you know, but so there's a, there's the approach on your part was mobile. It was noble and, and movable and acceptable. I think his reaction was extraordinary. And that's what, where the, where the reasoning behind it is. So, I don't know if you were also calling because you were trying to consider if there, if negative energy could come into your field because of someone's attitude. Um, and for the most part, when someone's negative to us, they affect our environment. Like they'll say nasty things about us or they'll scorn us. So it affects most of our environment. Our fellow people, you know, don't like us now. They gang up on us. So you can have environmental harassment, like the Nazis doing to the Jews, or or, or, or you know, doing to the Christians, or whatever it may be, the Muslims. Anyone who is sect or a religion or a heritage is opposite to the mainstream. You're ostracized on the ground. There's that element going on, but that this is affects our internal system. And we start to feel depressed or bullied, and we get, and we got we start to get destructive, and we start to incorporate the hatred upon us as though now it's transformed into self hatred or, or self rejection, and we no longer stand up for what we believe to be true and just and personal. So those things get intermingled in this hospital of energy that you might be developing, and it's not any real clear answer, but if you're of good standing and good nature and you're strong-willed, what people say about you may may hurt, it may affect you, but if you have a strong core inside, and that goes for psychic energy too, you're going to be able to brush this off like water off a duck's back. It's, it might affect you, but it doesn't get inside because you have adjusted your control panel in such a way that you know who you are, you're not being arrogant, you're not being obnoxious, you're not being cruel to your fellow human beings or fellow creatures, and you're in a good, you're in good standing. So there's something to say about the nobility of being singular as opposed to plural. And we tend in our environment to think of ourselves as plural people, like, we, we are what people think of us. But again, most of us allude to being singular. We're basically egotistical people, species. We, we think for ourselves and we act for ourselves. That's number one. It's only when it becomes more altruistic and more other, other concerned 
that we begin to take on either the positive or the negative aspects of interrelating. I don't know if that answered your question, Jennifer, but in the long run, I don't think what you did was wrong. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that I am. However, I, I think what are what I'm really asking is, is, is it? Are you getting the impression that it's sexism, or because that you've referred to, you know, his, you know, some people bulk from their culture or whatever, but I, I feel like because I, I've seen it with other females in the workplace, it, there's a disrespect toward them. And I, it's, it's frustrating to me because it's, and that's why I think I finally said something, which, you know, probably was a little sharp. However, it's because I have zero tolerance for sexism or racism or anything like that. Well, I mean, based on what you're saying, I mean, it's not psychic, but but it sounds like he has a problem with women. Is he married or is he single? Uh, married, yeah, with married kids. Married with kids. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I thought. But, um, you know, I mean, we can narrow it down what culture this ju- person might be from. I mean, I... You know, I mean, does it ever show animosity or or indifference to male males? Um, I've asked that because I I am truly curious. He he, in this circumstance, he bypassed the supervisor who is a female and went to the manager who is a man. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, yeah. He's got a problem with women. Do you know his birthday? Mm, no. Something like that. I mean, sexism is uh, those are hills, and you know we have it everywhere. And sexism is a is a horrible poison. And if his sexism arises, feeling threatened, women may threaten his ego. Women may, you know, a strong man is not going to be threatened by a strong woman. They're equals. Right. There's no yeah. equals. They may have different capabilities and different talents or strengths or weaknesses, but they're equals. A weak man, it's the weaker men that are more sexist than the stronger men. Even though they may hunch around like they're big machos, there's no reason for a healthy man to be feel threatened by a woman or to put a woman down unless there's something that they fear. Because basically we work on the, you know, strength is, is conditioned on what you can conquer. And you then the idea you have to conquer them. And if you didn't have to conquer them, it wouldn't mean anything. So if he was indifferent, that would be different. But if he's aggressive, then he actually fears. But I mean, that is also a result if it's cultural of his, of his, the way he was raised. And unfortunately, he has not broken out of his, you know, he hasn't elevated himself beyond his upbringing. Well, that's tribal. That's a tribal custom. Then he was learned. He learned either from his father or somebody to to discredit women that they're not as powerful as men. They never should be. Maybe his father put down his mother. Now he's doing it. So, it, 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 you know, it 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 seems as though this guy 
has some kind of animosity slash fear about women. And fear may not be the most reasonable word to use, but I feel it's in the mixture. Bypassing the female supervisors shows to, I mean, that is pretty indicative to me of the fact that he does not want to have to uh, be subservient to anybody that's in power over him. Well, so that's that, why he went he, to the manager. He feels a kinship towards men, men because well, it's going to be a more agreeable atmosphere. And he's accustomed to females arguing with them. And he doesn't like it. And he probably felt that the female supervisor was going to side with the female. So he looks at human beings as male, female, not as human beings. You said, you know, anyone who would hurt a coworker or, or a client, you didn't say anyone who would hurt a woman. Your attitude, Jennifer, seemed to be more conducive to the human being than to the sexuality, even though you're hurt by this man's sense of sexuality. And we're going to get to 703 in just a moment. So hang in there, 703. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that yeah, that does totally help me. So, thank you. Okay. Good. And I would say, Jennifer, continue to be who you are in the workplace. And you have to defend a coworker because she's being treated poorly by another person, um, or accused of doing things that are his responsibility. Then continue to do that. Yeah, I even though it caused this problem for you. Thank you. Yeah, I will. I'll continue to be me. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Let's bring on 703 before we close. Hi. Hello. This is Vicki calling from Washington, D.C. I think I spoke to you guys last week or the week before. Yeah. 1124. Um, yes. That's me. And the government um, I did re- Yes, so I did receive an offer. The reason why I'm calling today, I'll, um, as we speak, crafting an email because I want to negotiate the salary. How do you see that um, panning out? Does so, it look favor? So are we talking about the contract position? No, this is actually a job with the federal government. Okay, there and was a contract. The, so this is a this, this is the permanent federal government position. Correct. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. it's really fast. Things happen. Fast. I know, I know. That's why I'm like, I need to call back. <laughs> That's great. Well, well, are you are you able to suggest what the salary may be and what you're thinking it want, you want to be? Like eighty five. I don't want to say that on. I don't want to say that okay. on here. It's it's I, a little I'm, bit higher than. It's a little higher than 85, um, okay. so I'm trying to negotiate to see, you know, yeah. Well, how gonna... much higher do you want it to be in figure? That 85 to 100 out there. Go ahead. How much higher do you want? Say, um, how much higher? Probably what they're yeah, offering, what probably an extra thousand more 20? or 15,000 more. Uh, you know, I'd be very careful. You know, got, I'd be very careful. You, you, you got the job, and you can probably negotiate within the job after you got it, 
than to sabotage yourself beforehand. Right. No, that's, unfortunately, that's not how the federal government works. Once you get in on that grade, then you're there, so it's best for you to negotiate before you get in. Once they accept whatever they present to you, that's it. Okay, then I would, I would, I would ask for half of what yeah, you're ten. expecting. Okay, okay. So question two, isn't there, I mean, don't you get, aren't there scheduled raises that they give you after you've been there for a certain period of time? I mean, it's isn't not there a, guar- I'm fine. I'm finding a whole lot out. It's not guaranteed you have people who've been with the government, federal government. Now things are changing, I guess, due to this administration that they that's in there now. But um, you have people that's been with the federal government. They haven't gotten an increase in four years, five years. So, so that's well, why well, it's best. Continue. And they tell you it's best for you to negotiate and at least get something because once you get in there, you may be stuck at that. You know salary for well, the next two, three years. Uh, have they give officially offered you the job? Is it yours if you want it? Well, it's contingency on my background, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. You know, I'm approaching and say, look, can you live on what they're offering? Can you survive on that? <sighs> no, because I have to go into the office. And then there's transportation, et cetera, et cetera, whether okay. it's the train or the bus or whatever. I would say this. I would say, look, uh, I'm, I'm honored you offered me the job. I want to take it. However, the salary doesn't meet my, my instant, my current survival needs uh, because I'm coming in, I'm traveling whatsoever. I, was, I, 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 would, I would politely request anywhere within the range of Twenty to ten thousand more to accommodate those needs. Anywhere within that range. Ten to twenty. Can ten? 10 20. Will ten thousand more? Yeah, ten. Ten would. Yeah, ten. You know, but I mean, everything with negotiation, you kind of start high, right? So they can bring you right, right down. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you put the ten in there. I mean, you know, to ten to twenty, there's the risk of them going to ten, but there's also the risk of them not hiring you because you're asking for too much. Yeah, and they, they can hire well, a manager. Now, if you just ask for 10, they might say five. Yeah. So you say, you know, 10 to 20. I looked at my my expenses. I'm only thinking of my, what I'm going to need to live on. And the way I've calculated, it's within the range of 10 to 20,000 in this terms, in these terms of negotiation, not for my pleasure, but for my needs. Right. You know, they could say, well, you know, how, how's 15 sound? Right, and that's fine. I mean, you know, and I'm open to the negotiation. I mean, I don't want to not do anything. At least, you know, I can ask, and they can come back and say, no, we can't afford that, right? Then I have to go with whatever. That it's email. But, and for, you know, you're not yeah. asking. I like, know, I know, I know, I know. And there's that lag time, so it's not like, you know, you're speaking with someone in real time and can right. have a conversation and it's not like they can you know they're, they're they they have time to think with an email well they move slow the anyway they they yeah. move very slow so <laughs> yeah well and i'm surprised they happen this quickly but go ahead yeah i mean from our last reading um like a week ago yeah or so uh well you're... this is because um i know someone who was my previous right. uh, yeah you, you know remember. so they kind of yes 
exactly. they got you exactly. in the door, which is, exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah, well, you, that, you mentioned that in the We talked week. about the tribal aspect of yeah. the federal government, but we've talked about that for well, many readings a long time it, ago. It, with all the pieces put together, I wouldn't sabotage this job. I, you know, you have a permanent position. You could say anywhere from 10 to 20 more. Yeah, and that's and, all. That's it. And I think they'll sell, they might say 10, but they might say psychologically, it might go, well, what about 15? Right, Without right. You, out, yeah. you know, they might go that far in their mind, but very careful and approach it very politely. And you have an excellent benefit package with the federal government, right? Great health insurance, you get yes. holidays, yes. and all that kind yes. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, you're, that's great. Good for you. Well, thank you, thank you. It's been it's been a long journey, so you know I'm almost well, there. I remember I'm talking there, about this so. months and months ago. So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so and this is what you I'm wanted. Almost so there. Got yeah. All right. Well, let us know how the negotiation goes. Give us a call next I week. I will. I definitely, I definitely will. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. There on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. Bye bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.